0: this is her self-expression with beverly price a podcast dedicated to women who seek self-empowerment like many women beverly suffered with low self-esteem and now she is on the other side and is ready to share her knowledge with you in this podcast we interview inspirational women every week who share action-oriented tips to boost self-image and self-confidence If you'd like to move from self-loathing to self-love as Beverly did, stay tuned for today's episode that is sure to help you take on the world. And now, here's Beverly. Enjoy the show. Hi,
1: beautiful. I hope you're having an awesome day. I'm Beverly Price, and I'm the host of Her Self-Expression podcast. Most women struggle with their self-image and self-confidence. Her self-expression provides the knowledge, support, and insight to help women on their journey to self-empowerment on the inside and out so they can take on the world. Today, I have these questions for you to ponder. Have you experienced trauma? Are you still feeling the effects Have you found a way to heal? or Are you pushing it down and trying to forget it? My guest today is Heather Kent. Heather is going to help us today about a very serious subject, healing from trauma. At the end of this broadcast, I will be publishing the domestic violence hotline number in case you need it, and you can also contact Heather. Heather is a registered psychotherapist and certified teacher with a background in trauma assessment and treatment. She is the best selling author of the books Heal from Your Narcissistic Ex and I Left My Toxic Relationship. Now What? Heather completed her Master of Counseling Psychology degree at the University of Calgary and went on to complete various trauma therapy trainings and certifications. She also holds a Bachelor of Education degree from Queen's University and was a practicing grade school and post-secondary educator for over a decade. As a trauma-informed mental health consultant, Heather combines her experience from her previous teaching career with her integrative therapeutic approach to counseling. Much of her professional practice is focused on helping clients through the process of recovering from the trauma and PTSD of abusive relationships and supporting organizations in creating trauma-informed workspaces. Having survived her own experience of trauma and PTSD, Heather soon came to realize that many other people find themselves in the same situation, which leaves them feeling broken, ashamed, and paralyzed by fear. Through her virtual program, speaking engagements, workshops, and retreat, Heather is able to serve a larger population of clients who want interactive, guided support from a licensed professional as they navigate their way through trauma recovery and begin the next phase of their life with safety and confidence. Heather currently resides in Ontario, Canada. Hi, Heather. Thank you so much for being my guest today. It's so good to have you back.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here.
1: Always a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, it's just, it's so great. After our last recording, I just felt like we had known each other forever.
2: I know it's so true.
1: Can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Absolutely.
2: So I am, like you mentioned, a registered psychotherapist and I do specialize in trauma assessment and treatment of PTSD. I work primarily with survivors of domestic violence and abusive relationships of various kinds. Myself, I've had my own experience with that. And so I am a, I am a survivor myself. And so there is a personal nature to the work that I do. But what really kind of drove this work that I do now is the amount of people that were showing up in my practice who were struggling and stuck in these situations and in these abusive relationships. It was really shocking to me to learn just how pervasive this problem is. And, you know, not only in my little office in my corner of the world where I was working many years ago, but certainly globally, because my client base has expanded to various places across the world. And so it really is a pervasive global problem that people are facing in these situations. And so it has absolutely kind of reinforced my passion for the work that I do.
1: Absolutely. Can you tell me a little bit more about your personal experience with trauma, what happened and how did you deal with it?
2: Absolutely. And I actually go into my story and my my experience in both of my books. So if people are interested in getting more details, they can certainly download either of those for free. But yeah, I was in an abusive relationship for eight years with someone who I actually knew from my hometown. We had gone to grade school together. Actually, our parents taught together. Wow. His dad was my gym teacher, so it was very, you know, close to home, and we ended up getting together while I was away at university, and he was in the same town for university, so that's kind of how things started, and against my better judgment, because I knew he had a history of, you know, not being a great person to other women who I knew. However, I did see a really beautiful side to him that I had not seen previously. And he was very sweet and very loving and very attentive and making all kinds of plans for the future. And it was very intense and it was very intoxicating. And I I just felt like I was the most special person on the planet. And so it really was this other side to him that I hadn't seen previously. And so I was of course, quite drawn in by that, and I was very young at the time, right. I was nineteen, and so I became involved in this what became very quickly toxic and abusive relationship. It was emotionally abusive, financially abusive, and there was some physical aggression. Though I wasn't physically harmed myself, there was aggression and physical, like threatening behavior that was going on yes. around me, and. It was so difficult to see what was happening because it didn't kind of start that way necessarily. Everything, as I mentioned, was fantastic and wonderful. Yeah, and, but quickly isn't that the, how
1: it usually starts with always, most people? Yeah, the very flamboyant, expressive, that thing that touches us so much that we all want that attention.
2: Oh and it just like you feel like you're the only person in the world and it really yep. just and and they mirror back to you what you are offering to them and so it feels like you're connecting with really you're connecting with yourself right because they just mean right. what you do and so it feels like this person gets you they understand you like they're so attentive and supportive and all of these things but then it slowly and gradually changes over time and so my experience went from this like amazing you know sunshine and butterflies kind of <laughs> romance yes, <laughs> right sunshine and butterflies so true Yeah. Into, yeah, very quickly me, you know, being put on the back burner and having to wait around and cater to his agenda and his schedule and, you know, jump for opportunities for him to decide to spend time with me. And, and then it, you know, progressed even from there as well. And my family was watching this happen because I typically had not been a person who would sit around and wait for anyone, you know, if you you can't like, see you later kind of thing. But the, the, the manipulation had already started, like very quickly, and so they get you very attached. They get you feel this sense of loyalty to them. You feel like you want to do something to help them and be supportive of them, and and so you're you're kind of drawn in, and and you feel like obligated and, and loyal to them very sure. quickly. And so, yeah, it was an eight-year extravaganza of a cycle of abuse. And in my case, it was a narcissistic personality. And so the narcissistic cycle of abuse is, is very specific and very insidious. And it's really hard to see what's going on. And there was lots of deceit and lies and manipulation and, you know, infidelity and, totally not taking responsibility for anything that he did or said, even in the, in the face of like blatant evidence, there would be like, you know, denial right. or I'm overreacting or, you know, whatever.
1: And you Just, feel like you're crazy, right?
2: Absolutely. I believed that I was yeah. and that everything was my fault. And I thoroughly with every fiber of my being believed that I was responsible for everyone's misfortune or negative emotions, because that's what I was sort of conditioned to believe. Right. And so lots of like walking on eggshells and trying to anticipate mood and what may or may not set him off or, you know, how can I mitigate this as much as possible to keep it a pleasant experience? And, you know, there were different times when I would just sort of stay at work longer than I had to, because I didn't want to go home. And, right. and I, remember, I remember sitting in my driveway, like, like stealing myself. Right. Okay. Like, okay, now I'm ready to go in. Cause like, you never know what was going to be waiting. It's like Russian roulette, kind of emotional Russian roulette. you never know yes. what you're going to get. So yeah, it was really, but then outwardly to other people, he presented as the most amazing guy and he was, he was a great friend and he's reliable and he coached the hockey team. He volunteered and he did all, and, you know, and he, you know, of course did all that for the recognition. Right. And, and the, sure. um, yeah, just did the prestige of those things and to wow. be viewed as a good person because that was vitally important to his image. Right.
1: Right. How does trauma like you've had impact a woman and how should she deal with it?
2: So what I didn't know then, which I wish I had someone to help me to see, was that long-term exposure to this type of abuse and, and like to trauma in general, but in turn, certainly emotional abuse and psychological abuse actually has a chemical impact. Like it changes your brain.
1: Oh my goodness.
2: Like it physically changes your brain. And so you have parts of your brain that are responsible for memory and organization and putting things in the right order and making sense of your experience. And that part of your brain shrinks physically becomes smaller over time as a result of prolonged exposure to a traumatic event. And then you have this other part of your brain that is sort of our built-in, I call it the danger meter. And so we have, we, everybody has a danger meter where, you know, run, the tigers are coming, like, you know, yeah. Climb well, a tree. Fear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so these things are, you know, instinctively embedded in within us, you know, to keep us alive during our cave person time to run from the tigers. And so we do have this like danger meter, this fear response, like do something because you're in danger, right? Danger, danger, danger. And so a person who has gone through a traumatic situation and certainly a survivor of any kind of abusive situation has a very, sensitive and very reactive danger meter. So it goes off more easily and maybe in certain situations that to other people seem pretty normal or innocuous, but for that person, it is extreme danger. Like there's this response of like, Oh my gosh, something terrible is going to happen. And so this part of your brain that sets off the alarm bells, like that ignites that fight or flight or freeze response that part actually enlarges and becomes bigger.
0: Mm,
1: fascinating.
2: And so, the reason why I felt so confused and couldn't like remember things or make sense of things, and I'm like constantly second guessing what I was experiencing, or maybe I did get that wrong, or you know, whatever. This is because you know the parts of my brain that help me to, to organize those things and make sense of what's happening are, are no longer functioning the way that they used to.
1: Mm. That's, that's like a whole nother result of trauma.
2: Yeah. And, and so like the, the, the outcome of those brain changes, you know, impacts our experience and how we're able, like how we're able to make sense of what's happening and that feeling of total confusion and like not being able to to make sense of reality and questioning your sense of reality, because you're constantly also being gaslighted, right. And, and told that you're right. wrong or that you, you, you know, didn't hear that properly or you're overreacting or you're too sensitive or as a woman, yeah. my favorite when you're PMSing, like relax. <laughs>
1: Gosh. Um, They'll yeah. stoop to any low.
2: Absolutely. And so you really do start to question everything about your sense of reality, which is the goal, because, because they are never responsible for their actions. Or if you, you know, call them out on bad behavior, they'll say, well, you made me do that. If you hadn't have done this, then I wouldn't have had
1: to do that. This is actually your fault, right? Wow. Mm -hmm. My goodness. Well, I've actually experienced domestic violence and trauma in my life and have done therapy on some of the traumas, but not all. How do I know if I've actually dealt with and processed a trauma or I've just pushed it down and have hidden it from myself?
2: That's a really good question. And the answer to that is a bit complex because the brain is so fascinating and interesting. And so sometimes when we experience a really, Traumatic and like dangerous, scary event. What our brain will do to protect us from the, you know, the emotion of that experience is that it will totally like compartmentalize and deconstruct those memories and kind of lock them away from your consciousness to protect you. So we call this sometimes like disassociation. Or just, you just, there's a complete kind of amnesia almost to the yes. events, the specific, you know, details around the event. You might have an awareness that it happened, but there's no real memory or, you know, emotion attached to that. And sometimes there's not even a recollection that it happened. So, for example, and, I'm, and this is a long rounded answer, but for example, I had a client who had been assaulted in her university years, so in her early 20s, but she had no memory of it 25 years later, and she was married and had a kid, and you know, was working, and it wasn't until her 16 year old daughter Witnessed something at her school that she then had to go to the police station to do a report about, right. like to give a statement. It wasn't until she actually was in that police station with her daughter for her daughter's statement that she remembered being there herself. And then it, all of the memories came back yeah. and it came, it came up from her subconscious. And so sometimes we don't actually know that something hasn't been processed until right. until an event brings it to the forefront for us. And gotcha. So, yeah. And then in, in other situations where we do have a conscious awareness of, of those things, but we haven't specifically spent time working through it or processing it with someone there's symptoms. And so you might still be experiencing some kind of symptoms of fear or bad dreams or anxiety or lack of trust, or, you know, there's specific symptoms that you might still be experiencing, which would then be kind of your, those symptoms are your indicators that there's something unresolved for you.
1: Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I have heard that also sometimes when a woman's child reaches the age that her trauma took place, that that can be a trigger. Is that true? Or is that false?
2: So again, I wouldn't say that that's a guarantee. Gotcha. Uh, It's so like, again, like my client that I just told you about, it was her daughter's experience of something in the same realm that then okay. led her to remember her own experience, which then brought the trauma forward and the trigger kind of
1: unlock the door. Yeah, if you will. Ex-
2: exactly. And, and our brain, like it does, it locks these things away after they happen sometimes to protect us from the, the emotional like impact, the severity of it.
0: Is
1: there, is there a, I don't know how to say this. Is there. Who is most prone to trauma? Is their profile, if you will? And do most women seek help and healing from trauma? So,
2: I mean, there is a whole school of research around resilience, right? And the quite this question okay. of resilience. Why are some people more naturally resilient? Cause not everyone who experiences trauma will go on to develop, say PTSD, right? right? Although I will say it is impossible to reach adulthood without having experienced some kind of trauma. Like it's just not okay. and so, but that's not to say that we all have unresolved PTSD, right? And right. so there's there's a that's a really complicated question. There's a lot of factors at play. So there's certainly like biological and genetic predisposition that would come into play here. So if you have a family history of, you know, mental illness or anxiety or depression, then you might be more susceptible to then developing, you know, PTSD as a result of a traumatic experience, or there's, it it also really depends on, is there a support system? Is there a network? Is there, is the person isolated and cut off and alone? Is there, you know, you know, so it, it really depends on, on the circumstances too. So there's, there's some biology at play and there's some environmental factors at play that would kind of make someone more susceptible to, you know, developing PTSD or complex PTSD. And so it, it really just is a, there's a variety of factors. Is there a trauma history? Certainly childhood trauma would be a huge predisposing factor in adulthood to developing Mm -hmm. these, these issues. Yeah. And so then your other question was, I'm sorry,
1: I forgot. Is there, let's see, do most women seek help and healing?
2: Statistically, I can't say because we don't know how many people haven't come forward with those. That's with true. Yeah. Struggles, right? In terms of domestic violence specifically, though, the statistics are very grim. In terms of coming forward, okay. no, I, I can speak to the Canadian statistics. So, only about twenty percent of domestic violence or abuse situations in intimate relationships, so intimate partner violence, only about twenty of those, twenty percent of those get reported. Um, um,
1: gosh.
2: Like formally to law enforcement. And then of those 20%, maybe 5% go to trial. And of those 5%, maybe 2% get a conviction. Gosh. So, in terms of reporting, it's very underreported formally. I would say it's much more reported in terms of seeking therapy. I've had many clients in these situations who don't want to involve law enforcement don't want to right.
1: go through that they probably process. don't trust them yeah
2: well honestly the legal system is not set up to support survivors or victims of abuse Correct. it is set Correct. up to protect the abusers yeah and it is
1: that's the saddest thing
2: it really is horrific and it, it needs to be completely deconstructed and rebuilt from an anti-oppressive framework but that's going to happen when I am, you know, president of the world. So yeah, and, I hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until then, I would say women are certainly much more likely to seek support and and healing than men, from who yeah. are survivors of abuse. Because men are also absolutely and non-binary folks and people from the queer community. They are. It, there's a lot more stigma, they're more marginalized. And so women certainly do have, a, I think, a greater tendency to seek help than men do. And again, that comes from societal norms, right? A real man doesn't, you know, have feelings and a real man wouldn't cry and talk right. about his problems. You know, again, like all of this patriarchal societal, yeah. you know, norms that we've been taught since like really we were children come into play. And so I certainly do have much larger women clientele than I do men, but that's not to say that men don't seek help. It's just a lot less common. And I would correct to see that stigma be broken as well.
1: Right. So to kind of summarize what three actionable steps would you suggest to women who've experienced trauma that want to get on the path to healing? I would
2: definitely look at first start journaling because (laughs) even if it's just journaling your experience of the day, because if you're in in a relationship where there's emotional abuse and psychological manipulation happening, you can really question your memory like a lot. So I would just start just journaling what happened today, what the person may have said or done. And so that you have it written down so that when they deny it or, try to minimize it or deflect or blame you you can go back and like know for yourself this isn't for any other right. guys, it's for your own sanity to to just kind of know that that you do you know what happened right and so it's just very helpful and and should a court situation happen later if that's what one person would decide then you you have some documentation in place as well so journaling
1: gotcha. is really
2: helpful and you can you can start doing that right now definitely looking into doing some guided meditations and mindfulness work around like grounding and being present focused and, you know, breathing exercises and that kind of thing, learning how to just calm your nervous system. When we're in these situations, our nervous system is just constantly vibrating. And in that kind of like ready for danger kind of reaction mode, right? So learning how to do breathing exercises and just grounding and listening to relaxation meditations, even for like sleep, for example, it can be really helpful to calm your nervous system. And then absolutely I would 100% recommend searching first because not all therapists are created equal. And certainly I've I've heard many terrible stories of clients who've had negative experience with a therapist who was not trauma trained. And so you want to... Absolutely. I would reach out for mental health support from a, from a professional, but you want to do your research and you want to make sure that the person that you speak to is like, this is their specialty, like trauma and PTSD and like abusive relationships or whatever it is that you're dealing with. Right. You want to make sure that that's their specialty so that you will be
1: validated in your experience. Gotcha. So overall, how do you think, how do you think trauma impacts a woman's journey? to self-empowerment and it is not. Sorry, go Go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and how does it impact her success in life? So I'm going to divide that if you don't mind. That's fine. Uh,
2: So how does it impact her journey was the first part, right? So it's absolutely detrimental, devastating. From my own experience, I went from a fairly confident, like don't take crap from anyone kind of person to a a hollow subservient people pleasing shell of myself who was Mm. terrified of being in trouble and terrified of having anyone upset because of the ramifications that that would mean for me because punishment is imminent, of course. And so in terms of, it completely erodes your self-confidence, your self-esteem, your self-worth. It's non-existent, at least it was for me at the end. I was just completely broken down into like nothing. And so it does take a lot of work to reconstruct and to heal and to build. However, that said, I would absolutely not go back and change my experience because the growth opportunities that presented themselves as a result of what I went through have changed my life so dramatically for the better that I'm, I'm actually quite great. I'm
1: actually quite grateful for
2: my experience. That is
1: a major step in recovery. Wow.
2: Yes. And so, you know, while I would never wish, and I say this to my clients all the time, I would never wish trauma or, you know, abuse on anyone, the growth opportunity that is provided in the healing afterwards is so incredibly profound and it, it provides this depth of experience and, and understanding of yourself and, and growth that I think wouldn't otherwise happen.
1: Yes, I can understand that. It seems like a lot of different, you know, awful things in life provide some of the biggest opportunities for personal growth. Absolutely, motivators. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: And and I am so incredibly grateful for my experience because it led me to these things, these parts of my life that I absolutely love and I'm so passionate about. It led me to moving to a developing country and start doing like humanitarian work, and this is a huge passion of mine too, kind of in my spare time. And that would have never happened otherwise. Yeah. So there's lots of things that come out of terrible experience. And so in terms of how does it impact a woman's success? I think it, it, it has real, it's extremely powerful if you're able to engage in that work.
1: Yes. Okay. So Heather, I ask, usually ask my guests one question to kind of wrap things up. And that is what does self-expression mean to you? Total change of subject here, maybe. Yeah,
2: no, I know. This is such a great question. And part of healing from abusive relationships and and domestic violence is rediscovering or perhaps discovering for the first time your voice and being able to be unapologetically you and communicating your needs and who you are without apologizing. And so for me, self-expression has become communicating who I am unapologetically. And so whether that be things that I say or, you know, people's clothing or hairstyle choices or maybe art, writing, certainly my writing, you know, I, I, <laughs> I talk about my experience and who I am in my, in my writing, drawing and music and dance, any kind of way where you can showcase parts of yourself is self-expression. And so it really helps us to be authentic and to be real and to not apologize for who we are.
1: Gotcha. Well, one, one last point on your topic, there may be some women contemplating leaving an abusive relationship and just because they've met and talked to some women on the other side, doesn't mean they should just jump in and leave, they should be careful and have a safety plan. Is that correct?
2: Absolutely. It's very important to plan ahead as much as possible. I mean, unless you're in like a real fear for your life, dangerous situation. You get the right. heck out of there and you run like you go, you find a shelter, you run to your friend's couch, like you do whatever you need to do. Right. But if you have the opportunity to, to plan ahead, that will set yourself up for an easier time. And, and certainly it, it just, it makes the leaving a lot less stressful in an already quite stressful situation. I remember I worked with one client who we had, (laughs) we had several plans in place and she was like, okay, I have to wait for my 20th wedding anniversary to pass because that is the, the date that, you know, uh, spousal support kind of continues for, for the rest of my life. And I require that because I'm disabled. Right. So she had to really think about, okay, how can I set myself up to like survive She's not Until like that rolling, day. Yeah. not rolling in money but she's surviving right and so she's like okay that's 2 months from now in the meantime i don't want to have to live in this situation so how can i make him so uncomfortable that he wants to leave
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah reverse so, psychology.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, just get him out of the house and give herself a bit of a break. It was so she called it, you know, operation get out. And so she would do things <laughs> that would make his experience like really like less comfortable. So like stop doing his laundry, stop cooking for him, hiding the remote control so they can't <gasps> find it to watch TV. So these types of things were like, it was just a little bit of like, mm poetic justice while she was waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah. We did have a very, you know, systematic plan in in terms of, you know, preparing her finances, having a lawyer ready to go, having everything kind of uh, squirreling away money, you know, giving her money to her parents so that it couldn't be touched or spent or, you know, taken from her. And so there's these things that we need to consider always. And of course, children are another big factor too. Although I would always argue to not stay for your children, because your children will know that you're not happy and that they're also going to learn abusive behaviors if you show that this is something that's acceptable. And so leaving with children provides them with the best chance that they have at a normal life and developing healthy relationships for
1: themselves. Gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Heather, how can our listeners find you?
2: So mostly through my website, that's where everything is. You can connect with me on all my social media platforms. I have links to them there. My website is just my name. So it's heatherjkent.com. So you can also download my two books for free from there. You can click a link to book a free consultation with me if you would like, if, you, if any of this is resonating with you and you feel like, oh, maybe we want to connect. I'm happy to provide that to you. And so you can let, you can book a call with me directly from my website. You can also email me from there. So pretty much any way you want to get in touch with me, you can do so through my website.
1: Oh, that's Awesome. Thank you so much, Heather. I just, I loved and got so much out of your, uh, just your points today. It rang so true and brought back a lot of memories, both good and bad. And I think it can be of real value to the women out there that may be contemplating, you know, whether or not they're crazy, whether or not they have had trauma, whether or not they have PTSD. I think you, you clearly address so many things.
2: Thank you. And I just, one of the other big messages I hope that people can hear is that there is absolutely help available. And although it may feel like you're very alone, you absolutely are not alone. And, Correct. and, and there is always hope.
0: Yes.
1: And to those women that are in an active abusive relationship, let me share the United States domestic violence number. It's 800-799-7233. That's 800-799-7233 to get help. Well everyone, I've loved hearing about Heather's thoughts on recovering from trauma. To get to where Heather describes, we need strength and courage. If we follow Heather's points, they can help us build strength and heal. I believe that we need both outside and inside strength and empowerment to come together to make our journey comprehensive. Thank you for being with Heather and myself on this episode of Her Self-Expression. I hope you can see the direct connection between healing from trauma and empowerment. I love connecting you with women that can provide actionable steps for you to take. To gain support for your journey, join me at my Her Self-Expression Sisterhood Facebook group to find out more about self-empowerment on the inside and out. I want to carry this message of empowerment to all women wherever they are. And social media gives me the vehicle. Please help by spreading the word. And please subscribe where you listen to your podcast and leave us a review. And look for our future episodes of Her Self-Expression that are released every week on Mondays and Thursdays. Stay tuned for our next episode with more knowledge and actionable tips for your journey to self-empowerment. Remember, self-expression doesn't have to be a mystery. It's your key to confidence and self-empowerment, both on the inside and out. But most importantly, remember that you don't have to go it alone. I'm here to help. Thank you and take care.
0: Thank you for listening to the Her Self-Expression podcast today. To listen to past episodes, visit www.herselfexpression.com. Once there, you're going to want to take our quiz to see where you stand right now on your journey to self-expression. If you have any questions or would like to share your thoughts with Beverly and other like-minded women, join our Facebook group, the Her Self-Expression Sisterhood. Invite your friends too. When you download and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or other podcast services, be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends to download it too so we can continue to help others. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And remember, self-expression doesn't have to be a mystery. It's your key to confidence and self-empowerment both inside and out. But most importantly, remember that you don't have to do it alone. Visit www.HerselfExpression.com and join us today.